When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Thursday podcast. It's Buckeye Talk. It's Doug. It's Nathan. It's Steven. And we are talking about the playoff again because we asked our texters, what's up? We asked our texters, are you hoping or do you wish that expansion was happening sooner? What do you think is best for Ohio State? What do you think is best for college football? How do you sort of, what do you think of when you think about the playoff? Do you think of it through an Ohio State lens? Do you think of it through a greater college football lens? Guys, we uh, uh, on the Thursday podcast on the College Football Survivor Show that I recorded with Shahan Jaharaj on Thursday morning, we did a list of we each listed three teams that we thought were sort of most hurt by delayed expansion. And that's a podcast that's only for Apple Podcast subscribers. You guys can pay two ninety nine a month to get the bonus to, uh, episode each week for that on the College Football Survivor Show. Nathan, neither Shahan nor I listed Ohio State as one of the teams hurt by the lack of early expansion. And we also sort of came to the conclusion that like kind of everybody's hurt because it's just less access and nobody, even Bama, if you think Georgia's going to rise up a little bit, that makes it a little harder for Bama to make the playoff that, you know, Bama and Georgia both made it this year. The SEC has... 10 playoff appearances in the eight years of the playoff. It's only been two years that the SEC got multiple people. It's not like the SEC gets two teams in all the time. So to, to, to pretend like, well, the SEC will just get two, even that's difficult. But Nathan, would you contend that Ohio State should be on a list of losers, of, of teams really impacted by staying at four teams for another four years or, or would Ohio state not rise to the level of many of the other teams that Shahan and I talked about? Having not listened to that podcast. So I don't, I can't compare necessarily team by team, obviously, but I think we've had a little bit of a hard time reconciling this because it's a fact that Ohio state would have qualified for the playoff all eight years. If there'd been a 12 team playoff. And as you sent out to our texters earlier today, along with the, the, the survey we're going to use, it, they were sixth twice, fifth once, and what was it, seventh or eighth the other year. So they've seventh. always been seventh. So right on the cusp every single year of this, if they don't get in, they're one of the first teams out. So by that alone, you would say, well, Ohio State is hurt by this because they would just be – they would literally be in the playoff every year. Not, not Alabama wouldn't. Clemson wouldn't, but Ohio State would. At the same time, if you look in the, the short term, which it wasn't going to happen before – as you said, like 2024 at the earliest. But there's also years where when this first came up, we talked about 2022 and 2023, and we were like, well, maybe a 12-team playoff isn't good for Ohio State in years like that because 
they're they're maybe on the verge of having one of these super teams you talked about, and why give them more impediments to a championship? So I'm I'm as I consider it more and more, I'm having a hard time deciding. I think maybe I would say Ohio State is not one of the teams that's hurt the most by this, and that as this discussion will kind of be formed around maybe whether this is another case where Ohio State might have to um, put aside its ultimate best interest for the betterment of the sport and whether that's something that fans are getting a little tired of. So, Stephen, what do you think of that idea? Like, what, like would you say that Ohio State is, whether we want to say they should be on a list of the six teams most hurt by this, are they hurt? And, and again, just the clear definition, there was never going to be expansion in, 20, in 2022. At the beginning of it, they sort of talked like maybe they could get it done by 23. But then in recent weeks and months, it sounded, all right, it would be for 25 and 26. No, excuse me, 24 and 25. That would be the early expansion. 26 is the start of the new contract where we are expecting expansion to happen because it's a new deal. Um, So it's really, I think it's the effect on the 2024 and 2025 seasons and maybe 2023, because I do think when we did our first discussion of will Ohio State have a super team in 2023 last July, we did it with the context of, hey, it might be a 12-team playoff by then. So whether it's two or three years of missing out on an expanded playoff, is Ohio State hurt, Stephen? No, not anymore. Um, even with you know some of the stuff that's happened in the past, you know, the way they've recruited, the way they, the quarterback play is now, just the way that the talent on this team is set up now, I don't. They're not necessarily losing games. They're not supposed to lose anymore. Like Oregon was a really good team. Michigan is a really was a really good team this past year. There, it doesn't. That was that was the reason they were missing. They were losing to the Purdue's and the Iowa's of the world. And these teams don't seem to be doing that, at least not in the first three years that we've seen under Ryan Day. Those bad losses aren't the thing that are going to keep them out the playoff in a 14 playoff anymore. Um, and so going forward, I don't think they're hurt by it not expanding because I, we've reached a point now if they're a one loss Big Ten champ, they're probably making it into the playoff because those one losses are probably going to be these non-conference opponents coming up on their schedules. So the one thing that I think Ohio State does fit in a category of is a team that could be a five, six, seven, eight, nine seed, but have a legitimate chance to win the national title. That there is going to be some group of teams that are seeded five through 12 when we get to an expanded playoff who will be excited to make the playoff, but aren't really contenders to beat three really good teams and win it all. And so I do think this most recent Ohio state season is a great example that we talked about Ohio state offense versus Georgia defense all year. We didn't get to see it, but the way the season played out, I think lots of people around college football would say Ohio state may have been number one on the list of teams most likely to beat Georgia in a playoff, but they didn't get the chance to do it because they finished sixth and sixth didn't get you in. So I think if we do come to some conclusion that Ohio state is not that hurt, you come to a conclusion that their future seasons in 2024 and 2025 won't look like 2021 did because if it looks like 2021, they're hurt. I think because they are maybe good enough to win it all, but they didn't get in. You know what I mean by that, Nathan? That that if, I, 
and, and to Steven's point, if you think, well, you know, they were young this year and like they won't have two losses like that, and that that that's the thing that they'll avoid. Then then yeah, one last Big Ten champ they're in. But this was an example of a two-loss team that I don't know would have taken their shot in the playoff if they'd gotten in. Yeah, but I think it, then it is important to if you're going to make that argument, you have to sort of break it down year by year, right? I think we definitely feel that about 2015, right? They have a three-point loss to Michigan. They've got a team that's coming off of a national championship. Michigan State. State. Michigan State. State. Michigan State. And and the defending national champions, the nucleus of that team is back. That team could have certainly put together some kind of run and won a national championship if it had gotten into the playoff. Or And, and last year, I suppose, I don't know. I, 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 I put 2015 higher on the list. I think last year the defensive issues had been exposed enough that I, I don't really like their chances to beat Georgia or, or Alabama at that stage. But you don't think that of 2018, right? You don't think of the near miss of getting in the playoff in 2018 as a team that would have gone on a run and won a national championship probably. Right. Cause again, the defensive issues that that team had, like it, it's a, it's a bigger stretch. Uh, and I, I don't I, remember I, I, that much about the specificities of 2017. Eight. 18 is such a hindsight thing, but seeing the way Trevor Lawrence threw the ball all over Alabama, you can make the argument that Ohio State's passing offense could have done the same thing. But to the point, yeah, I mean, so it, it becomes a semantic argument sometimes of they're good enough, but given what we saw on the field for three months, does this team actually deserve a, spot, a shot at winning a national championship? And you but can we're say out the door with a 12 team playoff deserve is out the door, I think. Right. Right. Can right, right, yeah, and so then I think that does become if you're going to make the argument on behalf of Ohio State, you have to have some realistic assessments. Like, did did that team really have a chance to win a national championship? Well, I guess we'll never know, and that's sort of the whole point of of expanding the twelve is to maybe I think we'll get a a it'll give us a new perspective on on whether a an artificial gate has been put up as far as who should be playing for a national championship or. Because I think absolutely there will come a day where a team seated outside the top four wins a national championship. And it might be Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, if you told me Ohio State would be the first team to do that, I think it would be completely plausible. I mean, they were four seed when they won the national championships the first time. So, of course, that would fit the brand of winning national championships around here. It's, it's it, being it the is, underdog who does it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's infinitely more likely that a Ohio State team seated seventh or ninth wins a national championship than the power five school that's getting left or I'm sorry, group of five school that's getting left out otherwise, or the two loss just snuck in PAC 12 champion or whatever wins a national championship. Like an Ohio state that just barely gets nudged out is much more likely to win a national championship. Cause I do think with 12 team, the, uh, yeah, the, the boat has left the dock on deserve. And, and I think you can make Steven a very rational argument. Like, well, you know, you lost twice. You don't deserve to win. It. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, could you have if you played your A game on the right day and the way the matchups, you know, went a little bit that, hey, this team, you know, has a great pass rush, but they're the number one team in the country, but their corners are a little susceptible and you've got Jackson Smith, the Jigba or whatever. Like, could, could it? Could Ohio State be you know, the least deserving national champion, 2028 Ohio State, because they lost three times and were the 11 seed, but got their stuff together by the end of the year and chucked the ball all over everybody and won the national title. And people say, oh, my God, what do we do? We have a three loss national champion. I mean, I do think, guys, that like Ohio State fits that model because you have to. I feel I still think we we assume. In a world where you're going to have to 
win three or four potentially games to win a national title in a 12 team playoff, there's probably a baseline level of talent that you need to have that if you are an overachieving team from a, maybe a a conference that's not quite as strong, you deserve to be in there, but are you going to win three or four games to, to get it done? Whereas Ohio state's like, well, they got the talent and it would apply to Georgia. It would apply to Alabama. It would apply to teams like that might apply to USC by the time we get to the expanded playoff. The, U- the Sam Darnold USC team, I think, in, in 2016 is another shining example of this. By the, by the end of that season, that was a team that said nobody wants to play USC. They, they beat Penn State in a shootout in the Rose Bowl. It's a great game, but they had a couple early losses before they got it together, so they didn't get in. And then a four-team playoff, like, well, they didn't deserve. But it's not deserve, it's can. I think, I think a team like Ohio State is exactly the kind of team that is most positioned to take advantage of getting into a playoff they didn't deserve to make, but now that we're in, watch out, baby. I, you bring up a good point, too, about the concept of matchups. I feel like when you're assessing an NCAA basketball tournament, it's always an important thing to keep in mind. Like, you know, obviously Team A is more talented than Team B, but is this matchup perfect for Team B to spring that upset? And it would be – I feel like that element is a little bit missing from college football right now as far as determining the national championship. You can decide whether or not you think that's a good thing or not, that it really is just about – overwhelming force or whatever that gets on the field and the, the most, the biggest, the best collection of talent or whatever, but it will become more of a factor when you expand to 12 teams. So I'm definitely in, in the first that, round. I'm definitely convinced now that a nine and three Ohio state team is going to win a national championship in the next 15 years. Prepare for yourself sure, for Ohio sure. state fans for, for the sure backlash. Gonna happen. Yeah. They're going to be a 10 seed when they get in and they're going to win it. And then somebody is going to write a column saying, bring back the BCS right after it. Yeah. And it's going yeah. to be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know who the Ohio State could have been this season? The Rams. Yeah. Yeah. The, you see, the, I mean, you see that a lot in NFL, though, where like the lower seeded team who barely made the playoff all of a sudden, the Giants won two Super Bowls being like that. So, yeah. Who, who is a better facsimile of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup than CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba? It's like, oh, what's your plan? It's like, chuck it to that dude, dare them to stop us, do our thing, do one thing, do one thing really, really well. Now, again, I don't know Ohio State didn't have Aaron Donald, but like do one thing really well that you can lean back on. And by the way, if Ohio State had been in the playoff, they would have had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave too. But I mean, like that idea of, especially Nathan, like in, in the matchup scenario, it's like, what's the matchup you want? It's like, be a sling it team, sling your way from the nine seed to the national title. Because can you ground and pound it? You know, can you play great defense and try to hold teams under 13, four straight games or three straight games? Get hot, get hot and sling, ride a quarterback. Man, I, maybe I have to go back and redo that podcast with Jahan. I think Ohio State might be missing out. Because, again, it's, I just maybe, and maybe that's not the right interpretation that, hey, just the passing offense would have a better chance to, like, sort of spring. But you know who else it could have been? Joe Burrow. Why did the Bengals do well? Just had a great quarterback who made plays. They didn't score a ton of points all the way through, but they had a dude who made throws when they needed to at important times. C.J. Stroud, man, that's all Ryan Day. It's like, Ryan Day, what are you looking for in your quarterback recruiting? I'm looking for a quarterback who can win us a national title from the nine seed. That's what I'm looking for in recruiting. What's that trait? You know, I actually don't know that the backlash would be that great for a 10 seed winning a national championship. You'd have to go – 
So first round, you'd have to go on the road, or maybe if you're going to a Big Ten city, you'd be going to a neutral site, uh, the way Gene Smith sees it. But anyway, you're not. It's not like you're playing at home. You're having to travel to win in the first round, and then you're going on the road two more, or you're going away from home two more times and beating clearly two of the better teams in college football. And so you have to win three games to win a national championship at that point to, to say that that would be an undeserved national championship compared to the old days when it was just a a bunch of schlubby fat guys voting in a poll. uh, Come on. Like there's no question that that now we do bring up deserve like that. That second team deserves to be called a national championship more than the first one that just won a vote. Yeah. But going nine and three, that means you lost to any team that could actually compete with you during the regular season. And then all of a sudden you just got it together because now it's a winner go home situation. I think nine and three might be tough. I'd like to go back and see how many three loss teams would have made in a 12 team field. That could be tough. Because half the field field is Power 5 champions. So the only way it would maybe happen is if you kept the conference championship game and a 9-3 and team somehow won its conference championship. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not going to be Ohio State. That might be a team coming from the West and doing it. I mean, it's one of those things. The year that Ohio State finished fifth, right, in 17, Mm -hmm. they were fifth with two losses. Because they lost to Oklahoma, a playoff team in the non-conference, and then they got upset by Iowa. If that team had three losses and was nine and three instead of ten and two, they were fifth at ten and two, and we thought they were going to get in on selection day. If they were nine and three, I think they might have gotten in as like the nine or ten or eleven seed. Because one of the things is the team most likely to get in with three losses is a team like Alabama or Ohio State, and Alabama and Ohio State never have three losses, so we don't know what that looks like. Now Clemson had three losses this year. But they also kind of look like crap while they were doing it. So it's like it's it's that's not a great comparison necessarily either. But I also think and we have seen this. Auburn was number 12 when they were nine and three in 2019. OK, uh, I'm just I'm just going back and looking and seeing how many nine and three teams. And was there yeah. a group of five team ahead of them in the rankings? There, we don't need to. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. saying. There's like this, them out. Right, yeah. right. But they're yeah. right. They're right there. They're right there. And it's one of those things. If you come from a tough conference and. A couple of your losses are to playoff teams, yeah. then that's going to open it. But I also think when you change the structure, you change the thought process of the voters. And so right now it's like, well, who you vote 11th? It's like, does it matter? I guess I'll vote Coastal Carolina 11th. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. They deserve it. They're undefeated. I have this three loss power conference team. I'll write them 15th. I don't care. But when you're deciding, who gets in and the last spot is nine and three Ohio state versus right. Some, mm-hmm. some 11 and one team, 11 and one SMU versus nine and three Ohio state. And you're trying to think, well, which of these teams actually has a chance to do something in the playoff. I think people might in the nine and three Ohio state teams of the world, I think might get more love in the voting for 10th and 11th than they do now because mm-hmm. it's going to matter all of a sudden. Okay. Let's go to our texture poll. It's a survey. It's multiple polls. Starting with, it seemed like the college football playoff would expand by 2024. Now it won't expand until 2026 at the earliest. What are your thoughts on delayed expansion? These were the choices. I wish the playoff was expanding sooner. I'm glad expansion is delayed or I don't care. So I'll tell you guys that 18% said I don't care, which is fine. What do you think won, Stephen? I wish it was expanding sooner or I'm glad it's delayed sooner. 
I think there might be a 10% difference between the two. You want to throw a percent on what you think if Sooner got what percent then? We know we know 18% said they don't care. So there's another 82% still floating out there to be accounted for. What percent of, you know, of what what group of that said Sooner of the 82? Um, doing math on Buckeye Talk. We're doing math on Buckeye Talk. 49% said Sooner. Nathan, what do you think? I'm going to go a little lower than that. I'll say like 46% said sooner. People want expansion. 68% said I want it sooner. 18% don't care. 14% glad it's delayed. So we're getting a little bit of a vibe here. That is that is the first little tiptoe into, hmm, hmm. I think people kind of want an expansion. Let's go to... What is better for Ohio State football, an expanded playoff or a four-team playoff? And we'll get that answer after this on Buckeye Talk. Doug, Nathan, Stephen, running through our texture poll, 614-350-3315, if you want to be part of something like this. We like to put these polls out. Maybe haven't done as many lately. I'm going to get back into them. Get your thoughts on where you stand on things related to Ohio State and national college football. It's uh, $3.99 a month. And then it's a pretty good deal. 14-day free trial. Test it out. See what you think. So if you'd like to try that, you can be a texter. You send a text message to 614-350-3315. So, guys, I, I had these questions back-to-back. What's better for Ohio State football, an expanded playoff or a four-team playoff? And what's better for college football as a whole, an expanded playoff or a four-team playoff? And I, I didn't give a, 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 an in-between or an I don't care. It's just expanded or four. Do you think, Nathan, there is a somewhat significant gap between what people said is best for college football as a whole and what is best for Ohio State? Um, you know, based on the results of the first question, I, I would guess no. I would think that they – I don't know how you could argue it's not better for college football as a whole. And people by that first answer seemed – in favor of doing it for Ohio state. So I'd say no. Steven, what do you think? Major gap or no? Yeah, no, I think it's pretty, actually, I think it's the most similar just because like Ohio state is almost the, the test dummy for these, well, should we expand or not given how they've, their experience is with the playoff. Like the poster child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are on, on one end of it. They are the, the great example of that, right? Like the high end team that barely missed and, probably could do something and they got in. And then there's the people who at the moment just have no chance to get in, mm-hmm. who just would love a chance to get in. Whether you're Utah State and you're trying to win the Mountain West and you think that'll get you in, or whether you're Penn State and you feel hopelessly blocked by Ohio State, but in a 12-team playoff, you can get multiple Big Ten teams in, and right now you can only get one, and how are you ever going to get past Ohio State on any kind of regular basis? So there's, the, there's two different groups that clearly, clearly expanding the field would help. I do think, again, as Nathan and you and I discussed briefly on, uh, on the Wednesday show, the thing that is probably true that gets lessened is the regular season for Ohio State. Because all of a sudden, if you almost assume they're in, no matter what they do, as long as they don't collapse, we're talking about their chances of making it as a three-loss team. Four-loss Ohio State, I don't even know what four-loss Ohio State looks like. I, I, I don't even know what that would be. Right. Unless they have Bama and Georgia on their regular season schedule. It's like it's almost incomprehensible to think of what would happen for Ohio State to lose four games. 
So then we're saying, well, undefeated they're in, no matter what the structure is. One loss, they're probably in now. They're definitely in in 12. Two losses, they're not in now, but they're almost probably definitely in in 12. And three losses, they have a chance in 12, given the right situation. So that's like everything. That's every scenario. So if you feel like there's no excitement to the regular season because I know they're in the playoff no matter what, and that makes me like it less. So I don't want this for Ohio State. I think that's the biggest gap possibly. But again, then what you're rooting for is I'm rooting for my team to sometimes miss the playoff because that makes making the playoff more exciting. Well, and that's a hard thing to root for. I think there is probably a segment of it goes back to what I was saying before. The people who look at it and say, yes, Ohio State would have gotten in in 2018. Ohio State would have gotten in last season. But I don't think those teams would have won national championships anyway if they're making that assessment. And they could say the years where I think Ohio State really can win a national championship, I only I don't want them to have to win three games. I want them to have to win two. I want it to be the most advantageous road, like especially the years where you get a one seed and the four seed is has been traditionally many years. Not the year that Ohio State won the national championship, obviously, but many years that four seed has been very much the weak, like redheaded stepchild of the group. Then my apologies to any redheaded stepchild stepchildren out there. Um that it's such an advantageous situation, but when you expand to 12, it takes away that advantage in some ways. Um, so I, I, I see that argument if there are people out there making it. I'm not, a, but we, we theorized about nine seed Ohio state. Cause like what a nine seed Ohio state would get, by the way, is the number one seed in the second round mm-hmm. and Ohio state would have played a game. And that one seed has been sitting around. And we get into all this stuff of rest versus rust and that whole debate. And you know what Ohio State fans went like? Ohio State's the one seed and Bama's the nine. It's like, oh, oh, we got like kind of underachieving Bama. Cool. That's our opening round. That's our one eight game or one nine game. Is that so? So I, I would say that I think the argument of that a four team is better for college football as a whole, I think we've gotten to the point where. I don't exactly know what that argument is to have 130 teams and only four teams in the playoff. If you're saying it's better for college football as a whole, I guess it's that you feel like you're diminishing the regular season for too many teams by Are letting so many teams in. I mean, that can, but that isn't Steven. Wouldn't that be the only argument? What's the yeah. argument of why for college football as a whole, when you think about what's best for 130 teams and 130 fan bases, What's what what's any argument for? Oh, no, four team is definitely better. No, it's, that's obviously the only argument. It's just not a good argument. I mean, the, has the regular has the NFL regular season been ruined because they allow more teams in? No, it just turns the discussion more into are we going to make the playoff to for the top tier teams? It's not about are, am I going to make the playoff? It's am I going to be the number one seed and get that by or where is my seating and do I get home field advantage? And how far do I get home field? And change the regular season at all people are still going to be interested it's not like you know a hundred thousand person stadium is only going to get seventy five thousand now because it's the regular season game even if they lose it doesn't matter they're in anyway so that i understand like yes it's an argument it's just not a good one that you know like what's your point okay so just more teams get in and now fans are going to be actually what it really does is it makes people pay more attention to when they do the college football playoff rankings every week and not just be impatiently waiting until the end when they drop the first four teams 
you know, because now it's like, okay, we're 13 right now. So we're on the outside looking in. So we probably need to get our stuff together so we can play a little bit better. So it makes that show more interesting instead of just a pageantry after the first five minutes. For the sake of, of representing the other arguments, I think Stephen actually brings up what I have seen other people put out there as an argument against playoff expansion, which is it would be another version of the NFLization of college sports. And they want they like that separation. They like that this isn't leagues and uh, the, the advancement isn't the same, that there's something special about college football, that it is more regional, that the playoff structure is different. People, those same people may not even like the four team structure. There's probably people out there who would still vote for, you know what, let's just do a poll at the end of the year. And that's your national champion. Keep all the bulls separate and in the historical, whatever uh, there, a lot of, there's a spectrum of views, but I have seen those people that say, um, four is enough anything farther than that you're making this just like the nfl and they want that separation again i don't feel that way i'm just representing their viewpoint yeah no, i think that's i think that's those are worthy points and i'm not no one's saying that's wrong but i do feel like stuff has evolved i've definitely evolved on this and i don't want to pretend that my evolution is everybody's evolution but i think there's another poll result coming up that reflects that a little bit i will tell you now it is slightly higher that it's better for college football as a whole than it is for Ohio state, but it's still both very high better for college football as a whole expanded playoff, 88% four team playoff, 12% better for Ohio state football expanded playoff, 81% four team playoff, 19%. Steven, what do you think of those two results? Anything surprising in there to you, or does that sound about right? No, that sounds about right. Maybe you'd have thought whole would have been higher. Maybe it would have hit 90. But for the most part, that sounds about where I thought it would be. You thought the hole might have been higher. Buckeye talk. Uh, Nathan, what do you think of those <laughs> results? No, as I said before, I didn't think there would be a big gap because I thought enough based on those first results. I Again, I, though I, I'm, I'd love to hear the, the 10% argument about why it isn't better for college football as a whole. It'll be more money. It'll be more teams in the mix for a championship instead of a bowl game that most of the country doesn't pay attention to. Um, I, I don't. I, I, I want to hear the ten percent argument. So send I, send it to me on text or email me. I do think most of it is right now. The regular season is a playoff. The whole regular season is a playoff because if you lose one game, you might be out, and that that has been a defined. I mean, that's what college football has promoted itself as. This entire time that in a world where, you know, what, how many games did the Rams lose this year? Six. I mean, like it, and it, like it didn't matter. They got in where every single game, the thing that keeps Ryan day awake at night is also the thing that adds excitement every Saturday. If you lose, you might be done no matter who you are. And that has been a selling point of the sport and you're going to lose that. But, well, but you're, I, you're, you're- you're it's just you trading gain. stakes. Yes. You're, you're yeah. trading stakes because now, as Stephen was saying before, now the stakes just shift for those same teams. And now a new group of teams, the stakes become, again, all the ones who now have a chance to get in. And plus all the ones who are contending to be like, what's well, like Ohio State this year? Like they were they were going to be the two. seed. If they beat Michigan, we know they were going to beat Iowa. You're going to be the two seed of the playoffs in a 12 team situation. They would have been the two seed. And then 
when you don't do that, now you drop all the way to six or wherever they were, and now you're having to play an extra round. Now it's it's a lot of disincentive to that loss. So I know that that's not the same as the catastrophic, your season's over, and now you're going to go play. I mean, not season over. you got to go play the Rose Bowl. That's not nothing. But it, I know that it's not – the stakes are lessened for them, but they're intensified for so many other teams. I also just don't think, think that that model of – one loss and your your season's ruined. I don't know how much that works anymore in college in college sports where it's the same teams that we discuss every single year. Like in the NFL, like you can literally go from winning the Super Bowl to go getting to the Super Bowl to having the second worst record in the NFL. Now you have the second pick in the draft to getting back to the Super Bowl. While in college football, it's like who are we talking about every year? Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Texas and USC when they're healthy and doing what they're supposed to do. So it's it doesn't leave room for – that's not really different stakes every – it's the same stakes every year for the same teams and everybody else is just playing normal football. And that part, that's a lot of the argument for expansion is it's the same yeah. teams all the time. So if you expand it, at least different teams get in or more teams get in. Even if it's more of the same, if it's the same 12, at least that's a little more variety than the same four. I do think, for instance, the Georgia-Clemson opener last season – had very high stakes because it was possible yeah. that the loser mm-hmm. not was not a hundred percent out, but the loser lost its wiggle room for the rest of the regular season. Then it turns out Clemson wasn't that good. And so that loss, you know, they had other losses coming, but in the future, the result of that Clemson Georgia game, when it's over, people say, well, they'll probably both still make the playoff. But on the other hand, that might encourage more of those games because you can lose it and still make the playoff. So, I mean, it's, there is a give and take. I don't think we can act like you're not losing something with the regular season, that the regular season is no longer a playoff every single week. But as you said, Nathan, you're trading it for something. You're not giving it away. You're trading it. So we have the results. It's slightly higher. I think expansion is slightly higher for the general population than just for Ohio State. I did ask people this. What influences your view of the playoff more? What is best for Ohio State or what is best for the sport in general? And I gave you options. Best for Ohio State, best for the sport in general, or it's equal. I think of both things equally. Nathan, what do you think won in terms of when people vote in things like this? They're all Ohio State fans because they are tech subscribers. Through what lens are they voting and thinking? Which one of those answers do you think won? I might, for our audience, I might guess equal. As much as they're Ohio State fans, they're pretty savvy and smart. Um, and I think maybe they would also say it can't just be a power grab for Ohio State. It has to be what's best for everyone. Steven, what do you think? I think with most polls we do here, Nathan's logic applies. But I think this is the one place where I think it would be okay if they just went full fan mode and said, I just want what's best for the team I root for. And the reason why I'm signing up for this tech. So I think they just went best for Ohio state. So it's kind of unfair for me to ask you guys, cause it was very divided. There wasn't really a consensus best for Ohio state, 39% equal 36% best for the sport in general, 25%. A quarter of people saying like, I, I don't think about my team. I think about everybody. Because I do think, again, oh, covering this team, man, what a lens. What a lens. Because Ohio, you, you can just, you can view Ohio State. It's, I just think Ohio State still is infinitely more interesting than Bama. Because Bama's just on top. 
And Ohio State's near the top, but not quite as guaranteed of the top spot, which makes it so interesting that, yes, we can see the examples when Ohio State's been, quote, hurt by not having an expanded playoff because they've been fifth, sixth, sixth, and seventh the four years they didn't make it, right? But on the other hand, Nathan, you also can certainly have been a world where, like, Ohio State's going to be okay. Sort of no matter what, Ohio State's going to be okay. They're big. They're famous. They have huge support. They're not going anywhere. They're indestructible in their own way. So I can be magnanimous and not have to view everything through the lens of my own team because I can do so with the belief we're going to be okay no matter what. So I can take into account what's best for everybody else. A little bit more than maybe a Penn State or a Michigan fan or a Wisconsin fan be like, man, you know, I, if I don't look out for us, nobody else is going to, right? And I don't have a guarantee. We've never sniffed the playoff. You know, like that, I do think Ohio State's an interesting, interesting point there that even though you can see the times where they've been left out and they would have gotten in, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, because let's like take this past season for an example. I think there are a lot of Ohio State fans who think Ohio State was better than Cincinnati. But after that Michigan loss, it wasn't like I heard from a lot of Ohio State fans saying that Ohio State was getting jobbed by not getting to go to the playoff. They lost two games. They lost a game at home. They didn't even win their division in the, well, I guess they tied, but they didn't get to go to the the Big Ten championship game. Um, Like, I didn't hear a lot of griping that Ohio State was getting, like, unjustly shut out of the playoff, the 14 playoff. You know what I mean? Like, there have been a couple years where that has been the case, where people are like, hey, why why didn't Ohio State get in? You know, the year you're a one-loss champion, whatever. But so I think that probably does affect people's my voting a little bit too. That when Ohio State, Ohio State has some advantages. Ohio State, as you say, is big and rich and talented every year. And a lot of times they're going to um, capitalize on that and get in on their own merits. They don't need the help. It's interesting, Stephen, because I do think sometimes a complaint that we hear from Ohio state fans is that Ohio state sometimes cares about other people too often that every now and then, especially in the COVID year, Ohio state fans want Ohio state to worry about Ohio state. And now here in a situation where we say, do you just think about your team? Do you think about broader? Do you think about both? 39% said just what's best for my team. That's that's 61% that at least gives some consideration to everybody else, isn't it a magnanimous group, right? That it's like one of those, hey, when you're, guess what? Fans who might complain when Ohio State worries about the Purdue's of the world, you kind of do it too. You're nicer than you think you are. That is not a Buckeye Talk slogan, by the way. No, I would, no, no, that would never, never be the case. Never. It, that, it, it all comes back to, you know, Ohio State's supposed to trial for all this. And so as much as you want Ohio State to throw its weight around and only care about itself, you at some point have to come back to reality, look yourself in the mirror and go, whatever's best for the sport is typically going to be best for Ohio State the most. Okay. So we've established that lots of people are are looking out not only for Ohio State, but actually 
probably a lot of when it comes to the playoff, what's best for everybody is also probably best for Ohio State. So I did want to ask about the alliance, which is kind of confusing and kind of weird. And it's not really a scheduling thing, but actually, Nathan, like it worked that whether you like it or not, the thing they wanted to do, which was unite against the SEC running things, worked because the alliance blocked expansion. There were the three conferences by all reports that voted against it. It was an 8-3 vote, they said, and it was the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC thinking, working together that voted against it. And just in a world where the Pac-12 has said after the fact, though, that they're for any kind of expansion as soon as they can get here because the Pac-12 is a non-entity in the current situation. The Pac-12 has made the playoff twice in eight years. And the ACC kind of has its little grievance, but I think if they weren't united, if there wasn't an alliance, I think the Pac-12 might have voted for it. And then the Big Ten might have said, you know what, we really want the automatic qualifiers, but we're not going to hold up the whole process for it. And then the ACC would have been left being like the only holdout, and they might have felt weird being that and might have gone along with it. I think it's possible if the alliance, in whatever form it is, which again exists mostly in the imaginations of George Klyovkov, Kevin Warren, and Jim Phillips, that's it. But it worked. The imaginary thing worked. So in that world, do you think the alliance of the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC uniting to slow expansion is a smart move to keep the SEC from totally controlling college football? Here's where the choices. Yes, the alliance should stick together and delayed expansion is worth it, that this is the price you pay, even if it somehow feels like these three conferences are voting against their own self-interest. The greater interest is don't let the SEC run things. And if you have to sacrifice other things, delayed expansion for two years is one of the things that we're sacrificing. Go Alliance. Another choice was the Alliance should work together, but they still should have voted to expand. Like to stay united fight against the SEC and other things, but this was not the place to have this fight because they clearly were fighting for things in negotiations and then didn't get what they wanted in the negotiations, did not get that the Power Five conferences are going to have automatic qualifiers, did not get the explanation they wanted on the schedule and the health and safety factors that the ACC was thinking about. So they didn't get those in negotiations. So then go along with it. Go along with expansion however you got to because expanding matters most but still keep the alliance for the next argument or the alliance is useless and there is no point to it. So it's basically like, yes, alliance. Okay. Alliance. No on the alliance. What do you think our texters voted highest for Nathan? I would imagine that they voted that the alliance should work together, but they still wanted expansion. Steven, what do you think? Yep. You are correct. 45% said that, the the middle. 29% it's useless. 26% delaying expansion is worth it. So that's a lot, right? 50% in the middle, a quarter on each end, which is the kind of thing we find here a lot. Where are you guys on this discussion? Well, I think you made a good point in kind of asking that hypothetical. Would it have been a 10 to 1 vote? If, If the alliance didn't exist... Would it have been a 10 to 1 vote? Would a team have stood on an island and blocked this and taken that criticism and that heat? Or would they have felt pressured to fold? And if that if you think it, if they think that's true, then I mean, just put yourself in the Big Ten's shoes, because Kevin Warren, as much heat as he's taken over the past couple of years, really is 
just a spokesperson for the rest of the conference leaders. So is he going to go into that room and be the one, the lone dissenting vote? Maybe because if his, if that's what he's being told to do, maybe he would, but I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. There were actually two things I thought that happened that week that let us know exactly where the Alliance was. One was this vote. The other one was when we talked to Gene Smith and somebody asked him like, Hey, there's supposed to be a scheduling component to the Alliance, right? Like, how's that going to affect the games you have against Georgia and uh, Alabama coming up? He's like, no, nah, that, no, like we're playing those games. Like, so it's not like the Alliance scheduling thing was out there. It was going to get in the way of Ohio state playing sec teams. So that very much got pushed to the side. It was really more about this. It's, it is um, strength in numbers. It becomes kind of like a, what, like a like a NATO kind of thing. Like if you go to war, then we have to go to war. It's like you've you've. I, that's a bad uh, analogy. I'm telling you, I am telling you, all I want to do is compare college football playoff negotiations to Russia and Ukraine, and it yeah. is entirely. It's the same. It's not the thing to do. I wasn't thinking uh, yeah. about Russia, Ukraine when I said it, but yeah. in general, in general, this is what happens. Like, you know, the United States or whoever has made a commitment to this body. And like, if this happens or think of it, like, uh, I'm sure we have a bunch of people out there who are members of, of unions. Like when yes. I was, when I used to work at papers that uh, had, had unions and it would be like, if the, if the bundle haulers, the people who put together the, all those sectionals and, and th- or things that you get in the, the advertisements you get on Sunday, if they go on strike, or if like the print guys go on strike, then everybody's got to go on strike. And that's kind of what you have here. The ACC, Pac-12, and Big Ten all got together for a big press conference just to tell us that they promised they won't be mean to each other. But again, but it, like, as much it as we want to make fun of it, it worked. This it worked. is, no, no. Like, yeah. this is it, exactly, this is, it's nothing except it worked. It, it, it just doesn't, even, you're right. It, it's like, it just put it all on paper, but it just felt like it didn't need to be like a public thing. They could have just all went in there with the same mindset. Now, if putting it on paper and saying it to journalists just means that if somebody doesn't do it, we can come down on them when yes. they don't do it. That's, you're, you're, that was the key there. It was if we if we just talk like if we just talk about this off the record, like, yo, we're voting this way. You got to do it, too. Cool, cool, cool. But then I can go in there and change my mind. But now that the world knows that we're all going to vote like this, if you know, if the Pac-12 backs out because they get scared of the SEC, then like we're all going to crack down on them. That's all this was was a way to put your to put it in writing. Basically, they, yeah, that's all it was. Well. Well, that's, yes. I think that's, that's yes. a really important that's exactly way to say it. Right. Yeah. That's an important way to say it because it was not on paper. It yes. is not. As Doug said before, it exists in the minds of George Klyakov, Kevin Warren, and Jim Phillips. Like, it's not a document that ties all – it's not a formal treaty that was signed at the summit of Yalta or whatever. Like, it's – but this does. This is when this formalized it. The, the alliance almost didn't exist until they made this vote. No, the alliance only exists because the SEC basically said, we're going to go snatch Oklahoma and Texas. And so we all, they all went, oh, shoot. Okay, we got to put this in writing now. No more friend talk. This is well, business. But again, but again, until they did this vote in the way that they did it, it mm-hmm. was such a speculative thing. We didn't have evidence of it really existing yeah. other than well, like. Well, the one thing that happened is wrote about it. They didn't, they didn't raid each other. Nobody yes, left. Yeah one of the those three conferences to go to one of the other three conferences. So that was sometimes the absence of something is harder to be proof, but the absence of realignment among those three conferences was some proof, but this was clearly more. But yeah, when they announced it, everybody was like, oh, can we, I'm putting the freedom of information request to get the documents. There's no documents. 
to what it's like because everybody was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's I want the Elias paperwork. And like these universities, it's, companies, the it's like, ah, oh, well, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, no, I, well, there is nothing. It's a mind meld. That's all. It's just nothing. But it yeah. worked. So, so that idea, uh, I, I am in between on this of, I do think for these three conferences, trying to stand up to the SEC one way or another was a must. Or, or you're just going to get rolled. So did it have to take this form? I don't know, but I, I don't know how you would have formed it. Like Nathan, you're saying this made the alliance feel real. So if they just vote for expansion, then they expand, but the alliance would have said, oh, we're still the alliance. We're still working together to make sure what's best for college football. It's like, what are you talking about? I just expanded. Did you guys get what you wanted? No, we didn't. Did you get there? Did you shorten the schedule? Was it was the ACC happy about that? Did you get the automatic qualifiers? The big t- No, but we're still the alliance, right? It's like, I almost think that, if they wanted it to be real at all, Nathan, I think they almost had to do this, even right. if it's against their own self-interest, even if it costs Ohio State or Clemson or USC. USC was one of the teams I put on my list for teams hurt by the lack of expansion because the, 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 the Pac-12 is a non-factor right now. Lincoln Riley in year three would have been ready for an expanded playoff. And it's like, well, because you're not sure – I mean, the Big 12's undergoing weird changes, too. We don't know exactly when Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. But it's not a guarantee that the Pac-12 champ makes a 14 playoff. And if Lincoln Riley thinks, I'm going to win the Pac-12, it's like, cool, is that enough? I don't know. I would imagine Lincoln Riley would rather have 12 than four. And so they are, they are giving something up. But if there's reward on the back end, then I guess they decided that's worth it. <laughs> TV question. And some of these things is like, uh, you know, I send, you know, you're a tech subscriber. You're... You're just like living your life. And I'm sending you a question about like TV negotiations. It's like for the TV negotiations regarding the playoff is delay expansion, the right thing for the Alliance to do. And it's like, can I just get a question about Dewan Jones? It's like, we'll get to you a question about Dewan Jones. It's coming. We just needed to do this. So is it better for college football for the entire playoff to be on ESPN or to be on multiple networks? I think, and then I added this, I think wanting to take the TV contract to open bidding helped delay expansion. That again, you could have done it. Expand, it's on ESPN for two years. And then you have a product that you take to market and say, look at this expanded playoff. It's been on ESPN. ESPN's rolling in dough. They love it. Everybody loves it. But also maybe you don't want ESPN to get its grubby hands on the new thing. You want to make the new thing when you go out into the world. And so when I say networks is probably the wrong phrase, because I know when I talked about this with Gene Smith, he brought up Amazon. Like, you don't like all this, like it could be, but, but just the general idea, just like with the NFL playoffs, some of it's on ABC, some of it's or whatever on ESPN, some of it's on NBC, some of it's on Fox, some of it's on CBS, they split it. Can you imagine if the whole entire NFL playoff, like during the regular season, the network shared it, and then we're like, welcome to the NFL playoffs exclusively on Fox. You'd be like, what? That would be, that'd be weird. That's what this is. Now, it's only three games, but if it's going to be 12, I don't know. I, I think it should be on more than one network and that they should bid it and they'll make more money from different partners and it also lessens ESPN's power if it's on multiple networks. Go ahead. Yeah, I think – 
first and foremost, uh, the, the NFL has got it the right way. They've, I mean, Fox has an AFC, has one conference championship. Uh, CBS has the other one, and then NBC gets the Super Bowl. And even in the NBA, it's you know, well, but the Super Bowl changes year to year. Yeah, yeah, Bowl, yeah, yeah. They they rotate yeah, it's like, right. They wrote they rotate it though. But and then even with the NBA, you know, TNT uh, Turner gets you know one conference champ, championship, and then you know Disney gets the other one. I don't understand why in college sports one company just has the entire postseason because even in the NCAA tournament, that's all Turner. It's just multiple, you know, different, you know, uh, channels now because everybody wants more games, but it's still all Turner while college football is all ESPN. That it should never work that way. This just never just be a monopoly when you have this many channels are just in the world anymore. It should be split up. I, I thought, um, Doug, Shahan made a good point on your pod from earlier this week. The first one you guys did about this when he was saying that they could, this is another example of where they made a sacrifice because I think ESPN, if they had come back and they had expanded two years from now, you would have had two years of like great ratings and great whatever, like exposure and interest or whatever. Those first two years of the expanded playoff that they then could have taken the market. They would have had like numbers to take to market. And there's ways where that might have been advantageous because it would have been a new thing, would have been exciting and might have actually helped them get a bigger deal. But I think because of, again, the SEC ties to ESPN and because of uh, wanting to just sort of control the terms, um, I understand why they did it. And I, I think it, it I, I, I definitely want to see it expand to, to more to more. Again, it's, it's money. It's just more money. So the and it's power. Because the, the ESPN and the SEC have this new TV deal for the regular season starting in mm-hmm. 2024 for football and basketball. That's going to be a huge thing because the SEC has not been on ESPN. It's like the SEC, not never, but their main thing has been that CBS afternoon game. That's where the best yeah. SEC games have been played. That's no longer going to be the case. So I, I could imagine, and the way Greg Sankey, I mean, Greg Sankey's the de facto commissioner of college football at the moment. With the as the SEC commissioner, the fact he's he's running the SEC and the SEC is running the show. The idea of like, hey guys, you know what? ESPN's done a really good job with the first two years of this. You know, I mean, we expanded to twelve and it was seamless. And man, they had a parade. They had see Donald Duck holding up that sign in the parade for the twelve team playoff. Man, why would we change that? I mean, they've done such a great job. Kirk Herbstreet loves the twelve team playoff. Let's just stay with that and like and like makes a case that sways other swayable people when it's actually ESPN and the SEC are trying to consolidate some things together. So I don't disagree, Nathan, and I don't disagree with what Shahan said, but I also think this might be reasonable of like, let this run out, start from scratch. We don't know what it looks like because it's also one of those, yes, you would show people, hey, this 12-team thing is awesome. But if you don't show it to them, I would imagine everybody who's going to bid for the playoff We'll assume it's going to be awesome. And it also might be like, uh, and you're not limited by anything. And you haven't put any limitations on it with ratings and stuff. You're not limited by that five twelve game between Michigan and Utah state. That was 63 to four. And it was like, uh, it's 12, too much. Like, not that I don't, I don't think it's going to be bad, but we already have people criticizing the semifinals. Oh, the semifinals suck. You should only let two teams in. There's going to be some bad games. 5-12 and 6-11 and 7-10, there might be some bad games. And 8-9 and nine might be competitive, but maybe nobody will care because it's like, oh, did you guys catch that Oklahoma State Ole Miss game? 8-9? It's like, no, because I don't care. I didn't catch it right now. That's not going to happen either because everybody loves college football no matter who's playing. But 
I think they'll still get the money anyway. And I get why they waited. And I think in the end, it's not unreasonable. Our, the people said multiple networks are better. 55% multiple networks are better. 43% said multiple networks are better, but that's not a reason to delay expansion. Like bid it out when you get there and try to get more people, but you still should have expanded early. And then only 2% said all ESPN is better. I thought that'd be zero, frankly, with the way that Ohio State fans typically talk about ESPN. So they're going to bid it out. They're going to make a ton of money. And if that's part of the reason for expansion delay, I think it's at least factored in. It's not an unreasonable thing to think about. All right. Uh, we'll take one last quick break, come back and wrap this up on Buckeye Talk. A couple more questions with our texters on the college football playoff. All right, Doug back with Nathan and Steven. We have two more I want to get to. And I think we, uh, Shahan and I talked about this. I think there's like a PR issue at at play here a little bit. Do you feel misled at all by the expansion discussion from college football leaders that led to nothing right now? The choices were, yes, I feel misled. It makes me question the people running things. In between is a bit misled, but no big deal. And then not misled, change is hard and college football is fine. Steven, what do you think won? Yeah, man, they misled me. There's a bunch of knuckleheads running this thing in the middle. Like, I don't know. We're like, no, no, no. This is a public negotiation. You know, the sport's going to be okay. I I get it. This is just business. What do you think won? Not misled. Just maybe the middle one, like he usually does, but like not misled probably a second. Just because like, I mean, if this were 15 years ago, the discussion still would have been happening. You just wouldn't have known every step of the way. And so when things go left, sometimes like they can do in negotiations, you know, you wouldn't know about it. You just wouldn't know about it until the product was done. And so I don't think people were misled. It's just you get to watch all these negotiations play out and see the stop and starts in a way that 15 years ago, if this was happening, you wouldn't because we live in a 24 hour news cycle now. Yeah. Nathan, what do you think? Uh, Maybe a bit misled, but no big deal. That did win. Bit misled, no big deal, 40%. Yes, I feel misled makes me question the leadership, 34. Not misled, change is hard, and the sport is fine, 25. So the, the, the more misled end got 9% more than the no problem at all. Of course, the middle was the bigger answer. I do feel like a lot of this is PR, that if they wouldn't have put out last year, hey, we like this 12-team thing. The four people in charge of coming up with an idea came up with 12 teams. It feels like it's going to happen. Cool. We'd be in a different place with how we talk about it, at the very least. And I, and I don't know if they would have gotten it done, but they, they said a thing that it seemed like everybody kind of liked, and then the SEC stole the Big 12's two best teams, and then the sport got more complicated, and everybody got cold feet, and everybody got hard feelings, and everybody crawled into their little you know, bunkers with what's best for their conference. And all of a sudden the supposed collegiality of the initial announcement evaporated in a sea of change and we're at nothing. So like, I'm a little peeved that I thought it was clunky in the end. Like, why did you put the thing out? Like, it's nice to have information early, but like, why'd you put the thing out that then actually turned out to be far more complicated than the way you presented it. And then people didn't vote for it. So I think a decent chunk of this is just bad PR and it's not actually like a death knell for college football. It's just one of those things, Nathan, where it's like, it's a little frustrating. It's a great sport. We like Saturdays. Saturdays are fun. And like in the NFL, I feel like we mostly talk about the game. And in college football, we spend a lot of time talking about things that aren't the game. 
And that's a oh. little frustrating sometimes. But also, I think it's harder because the sometimes. NFL, there's 30, there's 32 teams that everybody has a handle on. In college football, there's 130 teams. And you really only have a handle on your region and your conference. And so the thing that unites people is the structure because everybody can have a debate about that. And if we're going to try to have an informed debate about Baylor and Oklahoma State, we're just not going to be able to do it. But we could probably sit here and talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals and be okay with it. And so I do think the clunkiness of structural debate is actually a unifying thing for the sport for good and for bad. Yeah, there's no de facto commissioner in the NFL. There's an actual commissioner. It's it's a very centralized process. Yes, it's smaller, but it's more that it's a centralized thing. And maybe college football eventually gets to a bigger version of that where it's centralized. I don't know. But I think all of this mess, all this sloppiness is just a way to compensate for that lack of centralized structure. I think it's been enhanced over the last two years, given the amount of stuff that keeps happening that has nothing to do with what happens on a Saturday afternoon. You know, I mean, yeah. you get a max 15 times, 15 weeks a year where you get to talk about actual football. And then between COVID people's seasons getting canceled NIL, college football expansion, transfer portal. It's like covering college sports at this point is it feels like at times it's 70% random stuff that has nothing to do with actually covering the sport. And then the other 25 times you actually get to talk about sports. The NFLization of college football, as, as you guys have both mentioned at various times along here is interesting because I do think they're good and bad for it. For instance, can you imagine if we, if someone asked us about Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and we were like, ah, man, I don't really know. I kind of only know about Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow. I just know the quarterbacks in my area. I know some about Ben Roethlisberger, but I just don't follow Russell Wilson. I don't know. But if you asked us to break down, I mean, do you guys even know who Oklahoma State and Baylor's quarterbacks are? I'm I'm a little iffy, frankly, myself, and I and I host a national college football show. But we know all the we know all the Big Ten quarterbacks, right? Because we know our area. Because there's 130. I do think the thing that people talk about if we ever get to a world where it's the 30 best teams are on the same level together. I think we'd know Oklahoma State's quarterback then because we wouldn't have to know who Purdue quarters, who Purdue's quarterback is because Ohio State wouldn't be worried about Purdue's quarterback. But they would want to know what's up at USC, what's up at Oregon, what's up at Texas, what's up at Baylor and Oklahoma State, what's up at Florida and Florida State and Clemson and LSU and Alabama and everybody like that because that's who Ohio State's competing with. And that would actually nationalize the football discussion because you'd have a tier. It's like, I'm worried about the tier in a way that college football for the, for somebody who's not Kirk Herbstreet, it's still very regional because it's like, well, I, I why does an Ohio state fan have to know much about Oklahoma state's quarterback? Cause like, it's a minuscule chance that you're going to play them at all. But if they were one of the 30 teams that you're competing against every year for the national title, all of a sudden Oklahoma state becomes more relevant. And if you're an Ohio state fan, Nathan, what's more interesting caring about Oklahoma state or caring about Indiana one's nearby, but one's a better football team. I, I don't know. I feel like right now, most people would say, I like the regional concept. I like conferences. I like my area, but I could see again, you'd give something up, but it might be more of a trade than we realize if college football did become more like the NFL. But that also does make me wonder if we're 
overstating how many teams would feel an expanded playoff is beneficial because in the situ in the example that you just posited there, uh, let's, let's use Purdue um, a team for whom, you know, eight and four is a, is a great season. Well, that's still going to keep you out of any playoff discussion, just as you are now. And then what you're saying is it may actually reduce your relevance within your conference because it may be teams like Ohio state who kind of have to care about you right now as a potential playoff impediment. Don't, you're now just even more the team that gets flattened on the way to a playoff and they're looking past you out into the national. So I would be curious, like it would be interesting to, to do surveys of, of fan bases like that, which we're not going to do, but of uh, fan bases of survey surveys of fan bases like that to see, do you really feel like this once in a generation time where maybe you're on the fringe of being the 11 seed is worth the trade-off from what you have now, which is the more traditional structure where you may actually have more weight in your conference in a weird way. I I feel like every time we have any type of discussion where the NFLization of college football comes up, I find myself being more pro and pro the NFLization of college football, because the regional stuff is great, but it was great when you had no idea what was going on in the other regions, because, you know, there wasn't 24 hour news cycle and there, you know, wasn't, there are thousands and thousands of channels that covered college football. You know, when the only time you knew what was going on with USC is if you made the Rose Bowl. That's not the case anymore at all. You or you worry about what Bama is doing, what Clemson is doing, especially if you have an early loss. And now you actually do have to worry about them in, in this four playoff world. I would be all for that. The form the first thing you mentioned, Doug, and the idea of like, these are the 30 teams you need to be worried about. I'm I personally do not care about what Rutgers Rutgers and Purdue is doing unless like Ohio state's playing them that week. And so you're doing the necessary research so you can analyze the game properly. Outside of that, I could care less. I think fans were, and even in a 12 playoff forward, you would care about the teams who could actually get in the way of you winning a national championship. It is interesting. And I do think sometimes we don't understand this. Nathan, you do provide some perspective on this sometimes having covered a team that was in the middle and that sometimes how do, how do I say this? It's not that Purdue thinks it can beat Ohio State on any kind of regular basis, but the, the idea of beating Ohio State once every seven years or 10 years is so exciting that you'll take the drubbings. You'll take six drubbings to have a shot at that win you never forget. And that Ohio State's not looking up at anybody. So you don't get, we don't get that idea of college football. Like, for instance, so the Jets were 4-13 and 13 this year. But one of their four wins, they beat the Bengals. And the Bengals made the Super Bowl. But I don't think Jets fans are walking around like, man, remember when we beat the Bengals? That was awesome. Because it's more like, I was 4-13, we suck. But Purdue, the year Purdue beat Ohio State, they fell apart. They didn't come close to one of the Big Ten West. But, like, they can hang on to the Tyler Trent game forever. And... If you're in the middle and you get into tears, it's like if you're Purdue and you're like, oh, thank God, we don't have to worry about Ohio State anymore. We just have to beat Minnesota and Indiana and Northwestern and Illinois, and we'll have a chance to do something. But then you don't have the chance at the upset, right? They're just out of your perv- purview. And is that a do you want that trade? You don't have to compete with them, but you also don't get to compete with them. We still have the chance of the upset. It just doesn't mean nearly as much. 
Like in but 20, even, like, say, if we got to, I, I if we got to more tears, if we got to okay, tears. yeah, I was gonna say, but even with that, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it would still mean the exact same thing to Purdue that they beat Ohio State. It just doesn't hurt Ohio State anymore. No, I'm but just it saying, take if, away from the loss. If, if we get to a world, if we honestly get to a world where the top 30 teams in college football are just in a different division and they never play anybody else, right? We don't have conferences oh, anymore. Right, yeah. That's okay. right. like the, the true NFLization. You take yeah. the best 32 teams, they're a thing. Then you take the middle 32 teams and the middle 32 teams, right? And you just don't play each other. You don't, you don't even, again, for Purdue, you don't have to right. worry about Ohio State, but you don't get to worry about Ohio State. In the meantime, yeah, if you're expanding and you're still playing, you still have that chance of an upset in your hand. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, having been there, I know that the 2018 win for Purdue means more because it, wrecked on state season like not only did they wreck them on the field that day but it 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 ruined the season and, and i don't think they feel that in a mean way but that's like the accomplishment that's like you went head to head with one of the powers of the sport and you knocked them off course that adds to that so that's what i'm saying again that that gets that does get lessened if you're just knocking them from a four seed to a eight seed Right. That's a good point. That's a good point that that. And, and again, you're able to bring that perspective. And I think sometimes uh, it's hard for us to just sort of think that way, because I guess Alabama sort of fits it. But like that's the only team that like an upset where Ohio State can upset anybody and feel sort of like that thing that's like, oh, we did something to somebody. But Ohio State just doesn't ever get to feel that. Oh, no, poor Ohio State. They're so good. They don't get to upset anybody in the regular season. But that is a thing, right? That is a thing that that is something worth striving for when you're one of those middle pack teams. All right, last question. And I ask this because it applies to me. Buckeye talk. Have your thoughts on playoff expansion changed or stayed the same over time? So there's four choices here. One is I always liked expansion and I still do. One is I always liked the 14 playoff and I still do. Right. So you had the thing you liked and that hasn't changed. Then there's, I used to like the four team playoff, but now I like expansion. And then there's, I used to like expansion, but now I actually think stay like this, stay the 14 playoff. So I'll just ask you guys. Well, there's two that ran away with it and two that barely got any votes. So, Nathan, if you want to guess, go ahead and guess. But I also want you guys to just say how you would. So go ahead and guess, Nathan. Always liked expansion. Always liked the four team. Used to like the four team. Now want expansion. Used to want expansion. Now want the four team. What do you think? I would say the two that didn't get much would be always liked four teams, still do, and used to like expansion. Now like four team. That is correct. Yeah. I would vote. I'm, I, I've always liked expansion, still do. And the only way that my thinking has um, evolved is that I think I, I would have been in favor of an even bigger playoff. And now maybe I've come back to like 12 would probably be sufficient the way they're structuring it. You were always an expansion guy, Steven, how would you vote in this? Yeah. Um, always like expansion. I don't know if I would have gone 12. I think I was at eight when we were doing this last summer and I probably still would be pro eight, but 12 is fine. I'm pro expansion. 12 is the highest I would go though. So the top two votes actually tied. 42% each for always liked expansion and for a used to like four team. Now I like expansion. 9% always like four teams still do. 
7% used to like expansion. Now I like 14. So that's 84%. Again, it matches the thing we already said before. I am definitively used to be 14. Now I like expansion. I have definitely evolved on this, that I remember the arguments I would make of. I'd rather leave out a good team than let in a team that doesn't deserve to be there. But just watching this, the idea of expanding it for a bunch of teams who feel like they have roadblocks in front of them, just that idea and the trade-off, I don't think it's the, what you're losing. You're losing a little something with that idea that the regular season is a playoff. You're losing a little bit of that, but I think the trade-off is worth it. And then even from an Ohio State perspective, if you really care about Ohio State, it's like, all right, well, then you can lose two games and still get in. And as we, as we said a million times here, the big allure for Ohio State is, is your team being punished. I really want my team punished whenever they get upset. So – People want expansion. People are a little disappointed that they didn't get expansion. But, and, you know, they're thinking about Ohio State, but they're also thinking about it holistically. So I don't know. I thought, Nathan, I thought we learned a little bit there from our, from our tech subscribers helping us out. I thought there might be a little bit more support um, or, or uh, for, for keeping 14 because they think that's actually better for Ohio State. Um, but it doesn't surprise me overall that again, just because they remember 2015, they remember the other near misses that they see the benefit in the long run. I mean, it, it increases the chances Ohio state wins a national championship in any given year. Right. Unless it doesn't, <laughs> which but is I sort think of it does. Because yeah. as much as I was saying before that, yes, it makes it harder on the really great Ohio state teams. They are going to have to win an extra game. But I, I think what you'll see over the ex- over the long run is that that's probably less of a stumbling block for the great teams than the four team limit is a roadblock for good teams that happen to lose the wrong game at the wrong time. Because, for instance, like the first playoff is a good discussion point for this 2014. So add in the idea that Ohio State, as the four seed, would have had to play an opening round game against the five seed. TCU or Baylor, assuming they had won their first round game. And again, knowing that those two teams were right there, but I also think the fact that it's 12 teams may have affected. So we don't know who it would have been. So that's the play. T- they have to beat TCU or Baylor, and then they have to beat Bama, and then they have to beat Oregon because they beat one and two to win it anyway. You're throwing in now, they also have to beat five. That doesn't feel like a huge extra ask compared to what they actually did versus. The team that finished fifth, the team that finished sixth, the team that finished sixth, the team that finished seventh would have gotten in those years. I think that's probably a trade-off that a lot of Ohio State fans would think. Steven, you learn anything from our smart texters here? Um, I, have you learned anything ever? <laughs> okay, talk. I just, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not shocked by anything. I, I, I'm no. not coming away from this saying, like, I can't believe people said yeah, that. Yeah, like, that, that, that's, like, that's where the um was. It's like, I mean... It was pretty on brand with where I thought they would be and kind of in alignment with where I think we all are at the end of the day with some give or take here or there. But yeah, um, it's pretty on brand. Nothing shocking. But I think every time we have one of these discussions, I I have these little epiphanies. I actually just had another one as you were talking, Doug, because bringing up 2014 and how it takes right now, you have a national playoff structure that ultimately at the end of the day gets decided by comparing unequal things based on the regional schedules that everybody plays. So this would sort of be the compromise between the full NFLization. Now you take a situation like 2014 and say, well, the debate was whether number four Ohio state deserved to get in or 
that that Big 12 team deserved to get in. And now let's just let them decide that on the field without having to like completely up, up in the structure of the sport, get to keep the, the, the regionalization, but then take it away from a theoretical decision to let them sort it out on the field. Yeah. I mean, there really wouldn't be anything that's not decided on the field. Cause again, it's one of those things. Well, you're going to have a debate about 12 versus 13. It's like, okay, but you're not no. right. Like everybody who deserves to get in is going to get in. Any real will whine, but, but every year. I don't year care about somebody at 13 whining the same right. way I care about somebody at five whining. Correct. There's every year, there's probably realistically between like three and seven teams that can actually win the national title. Yes. So sometimes, sometimes I'll be two, but sometimes you get everybody with a realistic chance in. Sometimes you don't. So this would get every single team with a realistic chance in, and then it would let some other teams that have no realistic chance of actually winning it get to participate. And that alone, that in and of itself, would be something that's exciting for the fans and a reward for those teams and better than going to the sort of random bowl. So, um, all right. So that's where we are with the playoff. You guys know what's up. You know, they had to vote last week. And uh, that's where we stand. Um, more stuff coming on the pod. We'll be back with the Friday pod. Not exactly sure what it'll be, but we'll get some ideas rolling here. We appreciate you guys making Buckeye Talk part of your Ohio State experience. Combine next week. We definitely will have coverage from the NFL Combine next week. So that will influence uh, a bunch of the pods two, three, four pods a week from now. For now, for Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.